1: Hey everyone, we'll start the show in just a second, but first...
0: Oh my god, we have an exciting new client, Literati. Oh! It's the number one book club for kids. Oh yeah! I had to do some digging to find people young enough, but my ex just had a baby! My nephew's.
1: Three and seven years old. Perfect. We sent
0: it to both of them. We're going to get reviews. It is for ages zero to 12. Yeah. Right? And uh, libraries, schools, bookstores are all closed. Yeah. Right? Literati has you covered with something truly unique. This subscription book club for kids was founded by two women to make it easy to find interesting books delivered right to your doorstep. No more scrolling online trying to find that perfect book for your child or to give as a gift. Each Literati box contains five books based on a theme with exclusive original art personalized note to your child. What kid doesn't love receiving something in the mail? Home delivery, super important right now. And with their curated selection, only keep your favorites. Send the rest back for free for a limited time. Try it with Travis's nephews. Go to literati.com slash Stephanie for 25% off your first two orders. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go to literati.com slash Stephanie, 25% off your first two orders. That's literati.com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. And now let the cartoons begin.
2: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorable... Never give up. Never surrender. This is The Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
3: It's a different world, feeling alone, and sometimes feeling helpless. But for over 240 years, we've been there with you. We're the idiots. And we'll continue to do what we've always done. Ignore science. Ignore facts ignore the welfare of the majority and do the whatever we want to whenever the we want to now more than ever in these challenging times we'll be there and finding ways to stay close irresponsibly close criminally close hugging and spreading our message along with a contagion we're the idiots And we're here for you. Well, mostly for ourselves. And we'll stay here, whether you like it or not. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The
2: Bob Seska
0: Show.
1: Rocky Mountain Mike, the great Richard Hensel right there. I love that so much. From the nation's capital, it is Tuesday, April 28, 2020. And this is the Bob Seska show presented by bubblegenius.com. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1195 of the Trump crisis, 190 days until the 2020 presidential election. And from Buzz Burbank news and comments sitting right over there, it's my friend Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hey, hey. Hi, Bob.
2: Hi everybody. Hello. Great to be back. Uh, you know, he's Bob, I'm Buzz, and we're both Nobel Prize winners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, the shutdown is it may be getting to me a little bit. I, I yeah. Bob, yeah. I, I got a, I got a monkey on my back. Okay. <laughs> I I'm up to two cans of Lysol a day. You too? Oh man! I yeah, I'm jonesing clean. for Mister Clean right now. <laughs> I'm Buzz, and I'm a Lysol holic. <laughs> uh, here here's today's Bob Seska show health tip. All right. Uh, if you plan on swallowing ultraviolet light, be sure and drink plenty of sunscreen first.
1: Always a smart
2: tip, yeah. Get a bad burn if you don't. Uh, There is, however, very, very good medical news today, I think. Uh, I heard that scientists are hard at work uh, developing a vaccine to protect us from Donald Trump.
1: Thank God! It's about time. I swear. Use that, Jeez, scientists. I,
2: a lot of states, as you know, are a reopening now mm-hmm. in the middle in the middle of this pandemic. They're opening up, you know, nail salons, all that. Yeah. I I'm all for uh, the reopening of movie theaters, for example, but only if they just show the movies "Outbreak" and "Contagion." <laughs> is it the only?
1: That's good. You only just want to scare
2: the shit out of me. That's what you want to do. That's it. A- <laughs> That's the idea. Yeah, well, it might help. I'd help the idiots. So uh, here we have uh, Joe Biden uh, trying to decide on a running mate. Mm -hmm. And we know it could be uh, Amy Klobuchar, Liz Warren, uh, Stacey Abrams, Kamala Harris, Gretchen Whitmer, or Tammy Duckworth. So think of it as a really odd season of The Bachelor.
1: (laughs) Rocky Mountain Mike, here we go.
2: My favorite show I tried to watch this coverage But I had to bail Remember when they said The virus slows Whoa. If disinfected jet gets exposed Whoa. So Trump thought he had found The holy grail Just find yourself some Clorox
3: Shooting in your tail Bleach baby bleach baby
1: Bleach
2: baby, yeah, Rocky Mountain. Oh Muddy, man, another classic. He, he has a way of coming up with the one angle that not everybody else came up with,
1: which is what I. <laughs> no, no.
2: Love, love about having him here.
1: Absolutely, and please, by all means, send him more song requests. He loves that. He loves getting song requests on Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, are you
2: are you gonna hear from him? <laughs>
1: all right. Uh, listen, here, here's how weird
2: what we're doing is right now. Yeah. As I'm in the green room <laughs> uh, before you know doing the, the coming out and doing the jokes, <laughs> yeah, uh, and while I'm doing not while I'm telling the jokes, but just before that, while you were saying hello and all of that, and just after that, a little bit while we were laughing along to to mike uh-huh. uh, i I was putting up bulletins that we just crossed the. One million mark for infections, oh, known Jesus. infections Jesus. in yeah. the U.S. Wow! And I, I, was, I was posting that news on the intranets uh, while we were doing the comedy, and it just goes to show. Uh, what a bizarre time we live
1: in Yeah, it really is bizarre And in fact, yesterday, uh, Rocky Mountain Mike singing about the Trump press conferences The Trump shows that we're getting every evening yes. uh, Until recently, we're going to get to that in a second But yes. in, in one of the more recent ones In fact, it might have been the one from yesterday Because I know he didn't do any over the weekend, right? But he did one last right. night And I think yep. in the context of last night's Trump show He uh-huh. moved the goalposts Remember the the guesstimate uh, yes. The Trump guesst- I guesstimate of, of the death toll yeah. Well, that was a real
2: estimate by the way, yeah. from uh, God, I'm trying to, uh, uh, London a uh, college in London. I can't, I can't think of it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a college in London made a very real estimate that there could be as many as 2.2 million deaths in the United Jesus. States. If, but they said from the very beginning that was if we did absolutely, positively nothing about it. Right, right. So that that was the biggest it could go. Well, just exactly as you predicted, and I thought of you when I heard him say this last night. Uh, that uh, he's using that 2.2 million now to show what a good job he's doing of only killing killing 56,000 people or the better part of that. I won't give him blame for all of the deaths, but he certainly could have kept that number smaller by tens of thousands of people.
1: Yeah, it's crazy the thing that he's doing now, the strategy that he's taken, because at the time when he was talking about 2 million potential deaths in order to make himself look like a miracle worker when it comes in under that number. But what he's doing now is uh-huh. he's underestimating, which is the craziest thing for the longest time. He was talking about 50 to 60,000 yeah. uh, deaths in the United right. States. Now, as of last night during his Trump show, he mm-hmm. moved the goalposts to 60 to 70,000. 70. Deaths 70, I
2: think it's up to 74,000 now could go as high as the official uh, count. And I'll tell you why it's been adjusted upward now. Uh, it's not, and it's not just coming from him. Uh, the White House Coronavirus Task Force has adjusted it upward based on uh, the models that they're looking at. There's one yeah. model in particular, in particular that they like because it is among the more optimistic. But mm-hmm. it's considered a pretty credible model that the White House is using. And the reason it's revised the death count up from sixty thousand whatever to seventy thousand whatever is because it knows that some states are opening up prematurely and the numbers are now going to go higher than they would have if states were not opening so yeah. carelessly. Now, hello, Georgia. Yeah,
1: Jesus God. Right, and in fact, uh, Donald Trump was meeting with Ron DeSantis of your state there. Uh, between both of them, between DeSantis and Trump, there's maybe, I don't know, two million brainworms. I mean, I was just trying to come up with an estimate of the number. We're talking about deaths. We're talking about co- coronavirus infections. Yeah. But the number of brainworms is is still an important statistic these days. Yeah, it is. Somebody, why is no one counting the brainworms? Yeah, no one is doing that. No one's estimating it. We need,
2: and- need brainworm
1: testing. <laughs> That's right. I'm just looking and listening. That's all I'm doing and I'm determining. Oh, I see. Ron DeSantis about a million brainworms. Donald Trump mm-hmm. also probably around a million brain. Between the two. We got two million brainworms sitting there in the Oval Office. How nice is that?
2: There are states that are still desperate for testing materials. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and uh, DeSantis, Florida's Ron DeSantis, the governor, <laughs> uh, <laughs> contacted a, a Trump or was talking to Trump and said, "Oh no, 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 we have more than we need. Yeah, we're right. we're set. We're more than set down mm. here." Well, uh, first of all, he's wrong because he's limiting the population that's tested. But but secondly, uh, the reason he has such a well- of tests and while other states are struggling to get them is because he's you know one of trump's boys yeah uh, and and that's how that works that's that's how this is all based i mean mm-hmm. trump talking about not uh, providing rescue funds to blue states like that's how we have yeah. always done things of course is whoever gets to be in power gets to starve the other the other side uh <laughs> It, it, it's just insane Jesus But Christ. that's that's what we're dealing with now
1: Yep, yep And it's really very much like a goofus and gallant kind of situation That we've been looking <laughs> at throughout this entire thing You remember highlights for children, goofus and I gallant I do, yeah. I do
2: And, and I stole. well actually Letterman stole from that And then I stole from him <laughs> He, he came up with something and I don't remember if his was also mr. do and mr. don't but oh, that's ultimately that's yeah. ultimately what I called it on, on my radio show when, yeah when there's brief period I had something that resembled one <laughs> uh it you know, it was is like the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do, mm-hmm. sort of in com- in comedy form. But yeah, yeah it's like yeah. Goof, Goofus and Gallant from Highlights. And, yeah, exactly. Or or Mister Do and Mister Don't.
1: Well, I mean, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, for that matter, uh, are obviously the goofus and all of this, the goofuses or the various mm-hmm. goofuses or the goof they're now just blowing off ventilators. They're blowing off testing. They're just, well, you know, we, just, we have all these extra kits. We have all these extra ventilators. We're just going to start sending them overseas because who needs them here? We don't need them here. And what they don't understand is through their premature urge to uh, reopen the economy— They're going to precipitate another upswing in coronavirus cases, and we may need those ventilators. See, That's Uh Goofus. Goofus is fucking up right now. Goofus should be stockpiling as many ventilators as Goofus can get his hands on. But instead, Goofus is sending them everywhere else and getting on TV every day and saying, we don't need any ventilators. Hey, remember when ventilators were a thing? Well, they could be a thing again. I mean, this is just, again, the... Horrendous more, planning that we've been hearing about all this more, time.
2: More, than, more than that, we need the testing and the tracing. Almost yeah, more than yeah. we need the ventilators at this point. And in some ways, and I'm sure there are still needs for ventilators uh, here and there. But uh, you know, I haven't heard much about them lately, as far as shortages go. Right. Uh, what what we're hearing now about shortages are are the tests and and the methods of tracing,
4: mm-hmm. uh, and
2: and that is what uh, the experts say. Uh, your your public health experts, your epidemiologists say that we need before we can open the country again yeah. safely. And I, I had a, such a great time. I was a... I was not a, a great student uh, in school. I was a, you know, I was a strong C. Uh,
1: welcome, welcome, <laughs> through, welcome, through, my friend, through, to the through, <laughs> strong C
2: club. Well, it was the math that dragged down the overall. <laughs> yes. The that overall is, That is whatever. the
1: slogan of the strong C club. It was always yeah, math. Yeah, math yeah. was the one that plummets. <laughs> them.
2: But, uh, you know, I had such a, so history was not a, of great interest to me. And I blame the history teachers for yeah. that because the truth is, as a lot of us know now as adults, is history can be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition in addition to teaching us a great deal about where we are now. I had such a great time uh, in the research uh, for last week's uh, newscast that I did Uh, Talking, uh, looking up things about 1918. I did a lot of my own research, like what was showing at the movies and uh, who was on top in sports and and those sorts of things. So I could, you know, help make it, uh, I I don't know, more relatable. If people could sort of understand uh, what the people back then faced. And uh, all you have to do is look at 1918, the 1918 flu pandemic. To know what's going to happen to places like, uh, especially Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Ge- get ready to see if Georgia. Atlanta will be in flames again. Only uh, this time, it will be uh, with a deadly disease. Uh, <laughs> this will do more damage than Sherman. Yeah. Uh, maybe weak on my history right. there. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, so uh, this is what they're up against. And, you know, it's like, who could have seen this coming? Well, anybody who's read about the flu pandemic of 1918. It certainly had that effect on San Francisco, which was was actually better than most cities, even back then when it came to uh, trying to control
1: that pandemic. You know, speaking of 1918, I'm so Uh relieved that Donald Trump is still doing his Trump show. (laughs) Otherwise, we wouldn't have known, as of Uh yesterday, that 1918... Was over a hundred years ago, Buzz. That is the <laughs> wrong kind of information that we're getting from the Trump show. In fact, he said the full quote was, You all know what happened in, of course, he didn't say 1918, he said 1917 no. again. Of course, he of keeps course. saying it because as he, he loved thinks, the movie, right? As long as he keeps saying 1917, then the truth becomes 1917. But he said, You uh-huh. all know what happened right. in 1917, that's over a hundred years ago. <laughs>
0: Well, he figures. Sorry, really? He maybe. Maybe
2: he. Maybe he figures that if we have COVID nineteen in twenty twenty, then naturally, naturally the flu <laughs> pandemic of of nineteen eighteen was really seventy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And as we said before, someone just taught Trump the word sarcasm because he's uh, yeah. used it as an escape hatch twice in less than a week. Once to oh, uh, yeah. wiggle out of. <laughs> is disinfectant and sunlight inside the body somehow. That was sarcastic, apparently. And then over the weekend, his series of noble tweets—you know about the noble right. Nobel Prize yes. and how oh all God. those all those reporters. See, this gets lost in the mix of what him a, misspelling what Nobel. A, what, a, what a palooka. He was also saying that all these reporters won Nobel prizes as a Uh consequence of their Russia reporting, and all those prizes should therefore be stripped away. Well, he's talking about Pulitzer Prizes. He's not talking about Nobel Prizes, or even Nobel prizes, so right. that kind of got lost in the mix. Well, a and that,
2: let's let's mix. take a moment. Let's take a moment and examine. Yeah. why. Well, why did he say Nobel? And we know how, why he misspelled it is because he's stupid. <laughs> because he's an idiot. But 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 but. Okay. Let's ask ourselves why was he thinking about the Nobel Prize? Because he has been pissed ever since Barack Obama won one, yeah. and has sat on the sidelines uh, to see him bypassed. Uh, for that same award and that is an obsession with him uh, he is obsessed with the Nobel Prize and so that's what was on his mind when he attacked uh, journalists who've won Pulitzer Prizes and I can't think of a smarter approach than attacking Pulitzer Prize winners I I just don't think there's a better way to go
1: but in that case it was sarcasm right which is why he right. d- deleted all three posts because they were and such I- strong jokes <laughs>
2: I want to. I hope I can find this here. In the Washington Post, uh, the online version, if you can find this, Dana Milbank, the columnist there, occasionally hits one out of the park and certainly did uh, in the last 24 hours uh, on their website where he talked about, uh, oh, here we go. The the headline is some totally non-sarcastic praise of Trump's comic genius. And, and, and on that subject, you were talking about maybe about the second or third time he's used the sarcasm excuse. Milbank is able to document in his very funny column today all the other times he has said he was joking or being sarcastic and it goes back through the whole russia thing it goes he's it, he has always he has since being president certainly used this sarcasm excuse to say, uh, uh, here, I'll just pick this one line. Trump has shifted the boundaries so that sarcastic means roughly a term applied retroactively to something I wish I hadn't said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, we saw Donald Trump retconning a fuck-up, which is something that he yeah. wants to do. He does this all the time. What he does is when he screws up, he does the Pee-wee Herman gambit, you know, where Pee-wee Herman's doing all those stunts on his bicycle, and then he crashes right. into the curb, does a triple somersault in the air, and lands on his ass in front of a group of kids. stands up, dusts himself off, and goes, "I meant to do that." <laughs> yeah, right. I love sure, that sure, you yeah. did. Sure, that was entirely intentional, right? I mean, again, it's like the behavior of a little boy, like a, yeah. s- a second grader at recess. Said it all along. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's just unbelievable how glaringly obvious i all of his little tricks are. I mean, because it's all the stuff that we've seen our entire lives from the worst liars, the worst people in the world that we have all known. I mean, we've all known at some point features of Donald Trump in our everyday lives, haven't we?
2: His his emotional development stopped at seven years of age.
1: And I wonder what caused it. I'd be interested to know the effects that that age, like what was happening to him when everything stopped as far as his emotional and intellectual. development,
2: I, you, you know, from everything I've read, it's
1: Fred, it's his
2: dad. Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, yeah.
1: Fred and Cruella Trump, his parents. You know, the- <laughs> his
2: his his father is fought. Fa- no, yeah. father taught him mm-hmm. at a very young age: eat or be eaten.
1: Yeah, that's true. And so uh, we learn now that Trump has uh, has been repeatedly warned about mm-hmm. the pandemic back uh, throughout sure. January, February, in a series of intelligence PDBs. I mean, once again, a national disaster. And and suddenly, in the wake of it, we hear about PDBs that were issued to the president. The president was briefed on these things and yet did nothing. I mean, we compare it to George W. Bush in the My yes, Pet Goat so. scenario, right? Where, rightly so. Rightly yeah, so. where Bush is sitting there for nine minutes.
2: But here's where you're really right about this comparison. Yeah. And that is that in the presidential daily briefs, uh, George W. Bush was told a month before nine eleven that uh, bin laden was intent on attacking america yep De- determined i believe was the word yeah determined to stage an attack on the u.s and uh, that was overlooked or missed or ignored we uh, but and and this was discovered in congressional investigations congressional oversight mm-hmm. that followed Uh, 9-11. Adam Schiff is now talking about, if they can ever get back together again in spite of the virus, uh, Adam Schiff is talking about an investigation into into the same thing. The fact that uh, Trump, as you were saying there, uh, received these uh, confidential, these classified presidential daily briefs throughout the months of January and February. Yeah. While he continued to deny anything was happening, if only a, a he doesn't read them. Obviously, uh, they, they're daily briefings, but he only checks in on them two to three times a week. Yeah. Uh, and and when he does, he gets an oral presentation that he sort of half listens to, and so he doesn't really get it. <laughs> so. So he's basically just blown off mm-hmm. these presidential briefings that warned Bush of the coming of 9-11 attacks and that, in this case, warned Trump of the coming of a pandemic. And uh, I don't know if it was because he didn't. And, you know, AIDS would repeat this stuff to him throughout the day in case he missed it. Uh, and, and even then, it it just didn't seem to soak in. He continued to deny and delay and I, th- I honestly think part of it is wishful thinking. He was hoping it would just yeah. all go away.
1: Mm-hmm. There were dozens of these classified briefings, and of course Trump yep. routinely skips a lot of those PDB right. readings. Right. Because he right. can't he can't sit around long enough to actually read something, especially things that are longer right. than one page and yeah. aren't yeah. broken out into no fewer than what is it, nine bullet points? Like he can't read anything more yeah. than they, several they, bullet points. And it's
2: not like they've made these briefings hard to read in fact they've boiled them down to short little paragraphs yeah. for each section for each item mm-hmm. so that he's not overwhelmed by it and so that could be read to him or presented to him in a what would normally be an easily digestible way even then he still only half hears it
1: and he's unattracted by anything that doesn't involve how popular he is or how well or poorly he's going to be doing in terms all of his re-election
2: that. chances. Yeah, so. It's all about that. I think that came from Fred also. I think that's another thing he was taught by his father.
1: Right, and more specifically, I think you can get a better understanding of what Trump is doing from a day-to-day or second-to-second point of view As long as you're seeing everything through the prism of re-election, because once you note that his primary goal right now is to get re-elected, so everything is geared toward that endeavor, yes. Mm -hmm. Once you start to see it from that point of view, everything he's doing makes absolute and total sense. Oh, that's right. He's saying this because he needs to get re-elected. Oh, he's saying this. And it's not always... A direct jump from statement to re-election. Sometimes there are intermediary steps in all of that. Where, for example, uh, Donald Trump talking about the economy, for example, or reopening mm-hmm. the economy, the mm-hmm. you know the quote-unquote reopening, whatever that means, right. and that indicates trying to create the economic scenario that will allow him to get re-elected. So that it's everything is leading toward that, and much more so than a typical first term. Commander in chief. We're talking oh, yeah. about a guy who is exclusively geared toward this. His for, every
2: breath. Yeah. His every yeah. breath.
1: Yeah. For for no other reason But to continue to expand his legacy, but more than even that, is the Uh drive to keep himself out of prison. Because that is going to be the whole thing. He knows that if he loses, there's a really strong chance that the next AG that comes in is going to say to his or her uh, U.S. attorneys from Eastern District of Virginia all the way up to... (laughs) I'm sure Kamala
2: Harris will let all that slide. That's
1: right. She's just that (laughs) kind of person. She's a
2: forgiving... Forgiving for those sorts of things, isn't
1: she? Oh, my God. Well, you know, talk about lawsuits. We're talking about uh, all of these <laughs> yep, yep, uh, yep. these now. Criminal these, charges. But on top of all of that... We're looking at a series of uh, these Astroturf groups that are now fanning out and holding more of these protests. Another Red Hat group uh, plans to protest in a series of states coming up. So watch for coronavirus uh, outbreaks in the following areas Pl- places like Mobile, yeah. Alabama, Birmingham, throughout, I mean, all across the country from. Alabama to Wisconsin. There's one in Richmond, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Mm -hmm. Concord, Mm -hmm. New Hampshire, Raleigh, North Carolina, Annapolis, Maryland, on and on and on. Chicago, Hilo, Hawaii, Maui, Hawaii, Kauai, in Hawaii, Honolulu, a bunch of Hawaii protests. Uh, Just dumb, dumb, dumb. And what we're going to see out of all of this is uh, either these little mini spikes or if the protests get big enough... We could see actual calculable spikes, state to state, where these we things take place. I,
2: I think we will. Yeah. Watch the locations of some of the the bigger uh, protests of this past weekend, because in three weeks, put it on your calendar. In three weeks they will have infection spikes there. Uh, the organizer of the protest in one of the Carolinas, I don't remember which one, oh, yeah. I'm
1: sorry. Reopen NC. North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, North yeah. Carolina. Yeah.
2: yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Is now tested positive for the virus. <laughs> it's Jesus its not hard right. to see how this goes. I want to, I want to, yeah. I, 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 but I do want to reiterate the point that I made last week. For everybody to keep in mind and remember that... Uh, these are fringe groups. This yeah. is not representative. You look at the latest polling, 82% of Republicans think it's too early right. to reopen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, a greater number than that of, of all voters think it's too early to reopen. And and the experts certainly think so, too. Uh, this is, we're only seeing about, and remember I, months and months ago, I, I, I said something about 15% of the population is crazy. (laughs) Well, when you begin to look at these numbers at, Okay, how many Americans think that uh, keeping us closed is an infringement on our rights as Americans? Guess what the number is, Bob? (laughs) It's 15%. Wow, shocking. Uh, uh, Who's not afraid to go back to sports stadiums, movie theaters, restaurants, and all that? Guess what the number is, Bob? 15%. 15%. 15%. Yes. Uh, so I, I think this proves my whole theory about 15% of the American public is insane. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I believe they had the commercial at the top of your show today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right.
2: The the stupid uh, people of America. Yeah. God damn it.
1: I, that I mean, those but people are going to destroy this country. Those people are going to kill us all. The dummies and the suckers. They might. <laughs>
2: God. They might. And there, there are two dangers. First of all, number one, never lose sight of the fact that they are a radical fringe minority. Period. Yeah. They yeah. do not in any way represent the feelings of the American people. We have the numbers to bear that out, mm. and the numbers are overwhelming. Yeah. So that's, that's know that, but also know that not only Bob's concerned that this is going to affect, infect a lot of people, and it will, uh, the other concern is it is influencing red state governors who are making decisions
1: to reopen based on the cries of this tiny minority. It's all moneyball for these guys. I mean, I think somehow, somewhere, they've got some kind of calculus that shows that if 20 people show up outside the state house and they're carrying AK-47s or AR-15s or whatever fucking movie prop that they get their hands on, they believe, the Republicans believe, that that somehow... Uh, is a multiplier for the bump that they're going to get in the polls, or the bump that they're going to get in the next election if they continue to appease these people. And it's just the ultimate dumb fuckery. I mean, we, that's kind of the word of the the entire yeah. pandemic right now, yeah. dumb fuckery, because we've been seeing it left or right. We've been seeing it. In fact, the entire death toll that we were talking about at the top of the show that was exacerbated by dumb fuckery. It was exacerbated Absolutely. by Donald Trump's dumb, the dumb fuckery. Yeah, yeah.
2: The dumb fucker in chief. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: That's right. That's. Uh, I, yep. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not That's- feeling very positive seeing all these idiots. As small as the groups may be, it only gets amplified if uh, people like Ron DeSantis and people like uh, Brian Kemp. Start paying Listen. too close attention to them and, and doing whatever it is they do, pandering I to think, those people.
2: I, I think some of them, and I, I could see them, uh, t- governors of uh, uh, especially Florida and Texas, doing a little bit of a delicate dance, trying to appease that nutball crowd. Yeah. A while, while also, because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to upset them. <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh and, and while 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 trying to uh, appease those of us who are mm-hmm. concerned about our own and public health
1: there's a Another option in all of this that I've been talking about on the show, I've got some additional information. I wrote a piece in Salon about this other option. We've got basically two options that have been on the table that everyone's been debating. Uh, You know, whether to uh, reopen the country prematurely and risk, you know, who knows how many additional cases of coronavirus and how many additional deaths. Yeah, Yeah, um, just in the name of trying to jumpstart the economy too early. And then the uh, the other option, of course, is to continue the stay-at-home orders but then there is a there's a downside for unemployment there's a downside for the economy in that solution but there is a third solution and i absolutely want to uh, revisit that just uh briefly here after we take a, a short break because oh it's a,
2: you tease
1: yeah i know it's i'm gonna go full keynesian here in a second so <laughs> hang on i'm gonna talk about oh a, another massive stimulus right after this
0: oh my god we have an exciting new client literati Oh! It's the number one book club for kids. Oh, yeah. I had to do some digging to find people young enough, but my ex just had a baby. My nephews, three and seven years old. <laughs> so perfect. We, we sent it to both of them. We're going to get reviews. It is for ages zero to 12. Yeah. Right? And it, uh, libraries, schools, bookstores are all closed. Yeah. Right? Literati has you covered with something truly unique. This subscription book club for kids was founded by two women to make it easy to find interesting books delivered right to your doorstep. No more scrolling online trying to find that perfect book for your child or to give as a gift. Each Literati box contains five books based on a theme with exclusive original art, personalized note to your child. What kid doesn't love receiving something in the mail? Home delivery, super important right now. And with their curated selection, only keep your favorites. Send the rest back for free for a limited time. Try it with Travis's nephews. Go to literati.com slash Stephanie for 25% off your first two orders. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go to literati.com slash Stephanie, 25% off your first two orders. That's literati.com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply. The Bob Seska Show is the ultimate absence shock.
1: This is uh, Sister Species, the name of the band here. Wow. Chamber Pop. I love this. Oh my god. It's revelatory. I'm sitting is- here,
2: I'm sitting here listening to it and trying to say why do I love this so much? And I, I answer is I don't know. I just do. This is
1: great. <laughs> Me too, man. It is a song called Heat Death Hold Me Here from their brand new album, Light Exchanges. Again, the band is called Sister Species. Link in the description. You have to download this new album, and it's—I uh, think it's out down. in in May. Uh, but they've got an entire uh, discography of, uh, of previous albums. But this is a preview of their upcoming album, and uh, you should definitely, definitely pick this one up. I love it. Um, I'm all in. Yeah, it's called Chamber Pop.
2: My grandpa used to use a chamber pop. <laughs> No, I'm, I, I'm, sit- I'm like, sitting on one like right that. now. <laughs> I like that because I, I think it connotes uh, chamber music, yeah. Uh, and there, there's a, maybe a touch of that in there, right. And And then it has, of course, that pop sound, which mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for. I'm, I'm a pop music guy all the way.
1: BobSeska.com/slash/music. If you want to submit your songs to the show, we'll play them here. We'll also include them at the uh, end of the month in our any music countdown. It's actually, I think, coming up on Sunday. I think another any music countdown. It's amazing oh, right. that we're, it's already that time again. We're going to be doing another one on uh, Sunday. All time, the songs from April. Time
2: flies. Time flies when you're locked in your studio.
1: <laughs> That's right. And lots of great music to play. So I'm so grateful yeah. to all of our indie bands. Okay. You
2: really you're really lucky. I mean, and I love the brass in that, by the way. What is yeah. That was one thing I really liked about it. And, and that made me think you're so lucky to get this they have sort of this inflow of really some tremendous music. And yeah. um, uh, the, these artists, I, I wish them all the luck in the world. I think they, you know, they've been amazing. Oh, yeah. It, it, the, qua- it, the quality blows me away.
1: In fact, you can uh, get your full-length preview of Heat Death, the new song that we played here, uh, at sisterspecies.com. That's the uh, direct link. So use that. Right, it's also I mean- in the description, so you can click on it there, too. Yay. Okay, we need a massive, massive stimulus. And I know that we spent uh, $2 trillion dollars <laughs> On the CARE Act, and uh, there have been some things by the Fed, some infusions of, of cash into the system through the Fed. But what we need right now is a super colossal version of the stimulus that Barack Obama passed in 2009 during the height of the Great Recession, during the previous recession. And this is intended to tide over the economy, tide over employment, tide over uh, American workers, American employees, while they're staying at home, which is mandatory. Um, Uh First and foremost, in fact, I think Nancy Pelosi is even talking about this as a uh, possible addition to a future stimulus, which is, Andrew Yang's Minimum Guaranteed Income. Pass something like that at least temporarily. Where- at least
2: temporarily, right? Yeah, yeah. we're well, gonna need we're gonna need socialism to bridge the gap between yes. uh, between our bouts with with uh, with capitalism. <laughs> I, I, right. You know, absolutely. And yeah. you know, when it comes to the cure being worse than the disease, I think he topped that over the weekend with the uh, uh, drink Clorox or- <laughs> the news conference. <laughs>
1: that, so. that is yeah, That's, that's, true, that's yeah. where
2: that's where the cure is worse than the disease. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I I agree with you. Uh, it's clear that we. Have to continue social distancing. It may be possible with social distancing after, uh, and as has been recommended by experts, after you've seen a two or three week downtrend in the number of cases. Uh, and the number of deaths and the number of positive uh, tests uh, that then, you know, it's safe to begin carefully reopening with masks and social distancing. And, yep. and I think we need some of that. It's just I think, you know, it clearly uh, some governors have already dived into this helter skelter and we will pay for that later. Yep. But but you're right. Not everybody can do that. Uh, some of us, uh, some of the people in some of the riskier jobs are sort of forced to do it. Uh, at at the lowest possible wages, you know, we we need a bridge to get us from point A to point B, and it's mm-hmm. just a bridge, just like you said, just like the the Obama uh, uh, rescue program was. Yep, uh, it was a, it was a way of getting from one side of the canyon to the other uh, without drowning, and and uh, this is we we need it again, and and obviously on a crazy bigger scale this time.
1: Oh, sure, sure. But I mean, obviously, we've done things like this before, and they have, yes. in fact, worked. I mean, during the uh, the, the Great Depression, uh-huh. there was yep. the WPA, Public Works Projects, uh, of course, with distancing guidelines for now, um, right. World War II-style jobs mobilization, especially uh, given how we're, we're apparently at war <laughs> against the virus. So yeah. why not take a war posture? World War II of course. Uh, saw the mobilization of the American economy where people were pitching in and, and doing what they had to do, rosy the river on down, right?
2: Or, yeah, right, exactly. Or were required to under orders uh, by the president using the Defense Protection Act, yeah. which Trump still refuses to use. Mm-hmm. He, he believes that's not how we do things in America, even though it is. And as you've just pointed out, there have been multiple times throughout American history that we have, thank goodness we had socialism to fall <laughs> back on when, when right. capitalism just wasn't working out. Uh, And it has been more than once. Our bridge from one side of capitalism back to the other side, uh, it just took social programs to get us through.
1: Yeah, it's just pumping uh, money, federal money, into the economy because we can borrow it, we can print it. So We
2: have the, we have why the printing not,
1: presses. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> why not use those resources to infuse cash into the economy enough to tide us over as we stay at home? We're talking about right. maybe creating PPE, uh, consumer items, other essential supplies, maybe right. uh, small business uh, lease and debt relief, but virtual retraining. We're all doing uh, Zoom meetings and so on. Why not virtual retraining? Yes. Retraining for green economy jobs. We need uh, that training anyway. This yeah. is the perfect time to do it. Exactly. Expo- we can pay people to be trained, pay people to uh, join those retraining sessions. Plus, we're talking about uh, uh, expanding food stamps, unemployment benefits, expanding mm. COBRA, which is uh, the uh, the Gap oh, yeah. Health Insurance Program. Uh, right. Yeah, expense- because
2: for, for the 26 million jobs lost, just in the last five weeks, uh, a lot of those people lost their health insurance along with it because they got their health insurance through their employer. Now both are gone. Mm -hmm. That's a a double whammy for people uh, uh, making them extra vulnerable.
1: Yeah, and in fact, we should uh, expand ACA subsidies for health insurance. uh, Obamacare, uh, Medicaid subsidies, you could expand that too. And these are all... Investments in the economy that actually produce a return, a solid return on the investment. These are great investments in the economy. We're talking about something like food stamps alone. You invest a dollar in federal money in food stamps, the return in economic stimulus is dollar seventy three. That's one hell of a good investment. Right. If you're making right. an additional 73 cents on that $1 investment, that's an investment you should pursue. Meanwhile, extending unemployment benefits generates $1.64 wow. in stimulus for every dollar spent. Dollar in infrastructure spending creates $1.59 in stimulus. A dollar invested in state governments, and of course, states... Are, you know, Mitch McConnell's talking about letting states go bankrupt. Well, if you take a dollar in federal money invested in a state government, it generates a dollar thirty-six in return to the national economy. But meanwhile, Donald Trump was uh, with Ron DeSantis this morning talking about a payroll tax holiday. That fucking canard. That's not only going to damage Social Security and Medicare, but it would only create a dollar twenty-nine in stimulus right, for every dollar right. spent. So it's a less advantageous investment. Con- conservatives have a long history
2: of pinching pennies and letting the dollar fly uh, especially now in recent years when they've let so many dollars fly that's right Uh, you know it's too bad we're not smarter yeah because uh you know again that takes us back to the idiots of america Mm -hmm. but if if we were smarter we would see this tragic time as an opportunity yes because as we can't make the tragedy any less tragic But we can use this opportunity to learn and retool and do things differently when when we go back. This is, was an opportunity for us to come back as nicer people. This is, was an opportunity for us to change the face of business and education. This is, was an opportunity to, as you said, train people for a green economy. Uh, and the opportunity is not completely lost, but it's getting pretty damn late in the game. Yeah. Uh, And and I don't know if we can still do it. But if ever there was a time to do these things... This is the time.
1: Yep. Make America smart again. Make America think again. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. (laughs) Get rid of the dumb people if you want to break away from Trump's red hat uh, slogan. Uh, There are things specifically that are at stake in this election, and that's one of them. The fact that we've got uh, a decent man. As the Democratic nominee who is going to be running against Donald Trump. And now uh, not only Russia, but some leftover hotheads from the Bernie movement and so on are pushing a scandal that I want to talk about on the postmortem show coming up on our Patreon page. Lots to say about that particular thing. And that is all entirely intended to derail this process that we're talking about, Buzz, derail the process of of reclaiming decency as an American mm-hmm. value, oh, yeah. of reclaiming decorum from the office of the presidency. I mean, and then you could do a whole list of a thousand and one different things from there on down. I mean, it, it is a no brainer, but at the same time, it's something that is absolutely mandatory because another Trump term is absolutely unacceptable in every. It's way, amazing.
2: Shape it's it's amazing and terrifying uh, to me when I see. The rabid enthusiasm of Trump supporters drove past some the other day on a on a on, a safe, on, a, on a safe errand. There were some idiots standing on a corner oh, yeah. without masks, close together, oh, waving man. Trump signs and stuff. Uh, there weren't there weren't many of them. There were I don't know a dozen or fewer uh so it was a sad little demonstration yeah but uh it was there and nevertheless and 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 i see the video clips on social media of trump supporters including the ones who aren't acting uh and uh, you know it just astounds me the religious fanaticism for this guy uh and the intractability of his supporters yeah Uh, just i I never i can't get over it i i I, I can't believe I. You know, when this all started, uh, silly, naive little me uh, thought, well, they'll they'll see the error of their ways. They'll wise up. No, no, uh, many of them won't. Uh, many mm-hmm. of them never will. And many of them will remain angry about it long after he's gone.
1: I don't understand it from the very basic reason. And we can obviously list those thousand things. There's probably a lot more than a thousand. But, I mean, there are 18,000 lies when Washington Post stopped yeah. keeping track. So it's well beyond a thousand. Oh, but never, they Never they stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, never. I mean, they. I guess I, don't, I haven't seen a new publishing of the uh, total Trump lies list it, lately. It, it out, it usually comes out around the
2: second or third or fourth day of the month because yeah. they it takes them a couple of days to tally the previous month's numbers. So uh, always look for those from the Washington Post uh, a couple of days into a new month. So uh, a new count should be very, very near.
1: Yeah, well, the staggering thing is uh, even in spite of all those things, the, the basic uh. concept of Donald Trump still amazes me from the perspective you were just talking about, Buzz, which is that yeah. how do all these people love this guy? So much how how have they landed on this guy of all he, the standard bearers that they could choose from they land on the cartoon character who tried to sell steaks in sharper image stores in the mall i mean th- yeah. this is the the weirdo who well, said oh this guy this guy is going to be our messiah
2: part of it is they they were hoodwinked by the snake oil salesman but the mm-hmm. other part of it is and and i really think this is the key and i think we've known this from the oh, beginning yeah, yeah. He, he embodies their anger mm-hmm. uh I you know I was speaking to a close relative who's a very anti-trump yeah but uh shares some of these frustrations that so many Americans feel they feel it uh, too much uh, and, and it isn't always a racial thing it certainly isn't in the case of this relative uh but but uh, there's this feeling that uh, some people are lazy and they're, they're just, you know, sucking off the system uh, when uh, the rest of us are working so hard uh, yeah. and they're just they're they're doing nothing and just collecting and they're taking our money. And and why do we have to work so hard and they get to be lazy and, and not do anything and collect the money? And, and what uh, I told my relative, uh, like I said, who's already anti-Trump, that's. We, we don't have to worry uh, about this person from that standpoint. Uh, but, but he did share this concern that, uh, you know, some people are cheating the system. And, and, you know, the argument for that, for all of us, I think, is are they cheating the system as much as Exxon?
3: Yeah.
2: Is, is, is the amount of, uh, you know, uh, there is always going to be a certain amount of cheating, uh, uh, both at the Exxon level and at the hood level. Uh, and everywhere in between. There's always a certain, you know this from your your classrooms in school, yeah. that uh, a couple of the kids were cheaters. Everybody else played by the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, or, one or two of them cheated. You're going to get that everywhere. You, that's almost the cost of doing business. So now let's talk about how much they're cheating you. How much money are they taking out of your paycheck? Yeah. Not nearly as much as the Defense Department. Not nearly as much as Exxon. That's so, right. Again, this is a case of watching the pennies and bitching about the pennies and being angry about the pennies while the dollars fly. And it's this this miseducation of the American public, this misperception that they're they're somehow being cheated Mm -hmm. uh, by the little guy when really they're being cheated by the big guy uh, is is. Uh, Trump encapsulated that anger, the anger that they felt, this anti-government feeling. And so it's very easy to understand, and we should keep that in mind as we try to figure out a way to keep this sort of thing from happening again.
1: And Trump was the kind of the Christmas tree in all of this in a horrible, horrible sense that um, it was really the propagandists like Fox News and uh, the Russian GRU and and all points in between that kind of propped him up that kind of built trump into what he is now to these people specifically to the red hats to his loyalists and it's all a matter of they were able to attain a level of brainwashing among their audience to the point where they can feed their audience their own manufactured reality and here's a Here's a case in point that just uh, I think occurred maybe last night on Tucker Carlson's show. Tucker Carlson (laughs) says that there is no scientific justification for quarantine. He says that the curve flattened, but quarantine had nothing to do with it. He said the virus just isn't nearly as deadly as we thought it was, which is entirely horseshit. This is entirely horseshit to to backstop Donald Trump. And again, this is the manufactured reality buzz. Once they've got the people sucked into the cult... They can feed them any level of bullshit. And it's really going to get. I mean, we haven't even really begun to see the damage that that's going to create. We started to see the early hints of it now with these protests, but it's going to, I think it's going to expand from here because they've got the taste of it now.
2: I've seen variations on this kind of joke before, but I saw this on Twitter today. (laughs) It said, what person do you think is least likely to get laid, and why did you choose Tucker Carlson?
1: Ah, right there, I just up. <laughs> you know. yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that kind of that that pre set up joke. Yeah. Uh, to, to answer your question, I mean, I really think that a lot of this goes back to the days of Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich and and the Moral Majority, because uh, the the rich, greedy uh, people who topped the Republican Party back then, as now, yeah. uh, figured out that the way to win elections, the edge that they could get to win elections would be to wrap up the moral majority, wrap up the religious right, mm-hmm. you know, and to go for things like anti-abortion and prayer in schools and, and all of those hot-button issues uh, in places like Arkansas. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it, it, they found a way to go, ah, well. And so they found a way to use, uh, in many cases, poor white trash To do their bidding for them, Mm -hmm. you know, to to go to the polls and cast votes for them uh, by appealing to that crowd. Trump elevated that to an art form and the anger Trump has made things worse for all of us, not just for himself. (laughs) But 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 he, he the setup was there, the you know. Butch had already gotten one of his gang members to get on his hands and knees behind you. And then uh, Butch came along and gave you a push. So you fell backwards (laughs) over the over this guy sawhorsing behind you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were set up for this. And uh, this is how they did it. Uh, They conned uh, uh, poor working white people into voting for them. And that's how Republicans came to power. And that's how they've held on to it. And they're still trying to, uh, but that's how they've done it for such a very long time.
1: Uh, there's a piece in the Daily Beast, Buzz, that you should check out. It's a Sam Stein article, and uh, I think it was posted today. It is t- The headline is... Uh, Fox loving parents, Fox News. I, I. First uh-huh. of all, point of order: the the <laughs> the channel, the cable news channel operated by Fox is is known as Fox News. It is not known as Fox. Fox is the network, right?
2: Right. TV, entertainment Network owned by Disney.
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah. But yeah. Fox News is the cable news network. So please don't right. don't write Fox when you mean Fox News. Okay. That right, aside, right. that's me being an right. editor. Okay, Sam Stein. The the headline is Fox News loving parents are. Driving coronavirus paranoid kids insane, and this is something that we're going to start to see as a consequence of this Fox Newsification of this pandemic, of this Tell me. this existence of Fox News. Where what's happening is now that there is this thirst for reopening, reopening the economy, whatever mm-hmm, the fuck mm-hmm. that means. There are going to be the Fox News parents saying that. Yeah, why don't we have a barbecue this weekend? Why don't we get yeah, together? No. We can we can have social distancing, but mm-hmm. we'll all get together and be together this weekend. And then those right. of us who say, uh, maybe that's a bad idea. We're still supposed to be isolating. We're still supposed to be quarantined because we don't want to spread this. I could be carrying it. I don't know. We haven't had testing right. yet. What, 4% right. of the country has been tested so far? Uh, Less than that, Bob. It's my,
2: last, I checked, last I checked, it was 1.6%. Ah. Uh. Uh, they, they hope to double that when experts say really it should be 5 million to 25 million people a day yeah. so we're, we're, we're not even scratching the surface.
1: Well if you look around Facebook you can see a lot of uh, shall we say people who are closer to the Donald Trump demographic suggesting mm-hmm. that we just starting to throw in some things here or there some arguments about how uh, social distancing in some cases in some areas is unnecessary etc cetera, etc cetera, in order to either coerce their children and to Getting together for that Memorial Day weekend barbecue or whatever it goes, but suffice to say, there's going to be a butting of heads between uh, uh, voting yeah, blocks so. and generations about so. all this. I yeah. hope so.
2: I hope yeah. so. I mean, I, I know wish for conflict usually, but uh, I I think if people stand up and draw a line, that's important at this. Uh, in this health
1: crisis yeah so again it is one of those things where as fox news continues to spread the donald trump message and even while donald trump doesn't say necessarily during his trump show okay let's reopen now fox news is kind of taking his uh maybe we should reopen in may or maybe after that you they're know, taking that inch and, and turning it into a mile but a is
2: the As a side observation, is the dog wagging the tail or is the tail wagging the dog? And the reason I ask that in this case is I think statistically, uh, if we we sat down and counted them out, I think we would find that uh, Trump's positions, policies, and tweets are more often inspired by things he saw on Fox... Than Fox is by things they heard from the president.
1: Well, that could be. I mean, that could be the primary direction of the bullshit stream. But I I tend to think it's more of an Ouroboros. It's it's more of the. It's important to know which direction the bullshit is flowing. (laughs) It is really important. But I tend to think that. Fox News feeds Trump, and then Trump feeds Fox News. So it's the snake yeah. eating its oh, yeah. tail. Yeah, yeah, It's mutual.
2: Again. I just, I just yeah. think Fox is leading in this ball game.
1: Yeah, probably, probably is. All right. Well, you know what? I want to talk about uh, the 2020 election. Rachel Bitakoff, who was on the show last week, has, oh, yeah. a, has a new forecast out that's out today, and I want to talk about some of the results of uh, of that new forecast. Encouraging, but don't get happy. We'll be back right after right, right after these words.
2: Seska!
1: This is after the fight. You might be wrong from at the end of it all. BobSeska.com slash music if you want to submit. Uh, I God, oh my God, I'm watching this video now on Endless Loop on Twitter. And it is uh, Mike Pence at the Mayo Uh, Clinic. It's like Mayo on Mayo. (laughs) Exactly right. It is Mike Pence, mayonnaise himself, wandering Uh around the Mayo Clinic without a fucking mask.
2: Well sure he's perfectly safe there. Oh they don't God. They they don't store any
1: pathogens there, Bob. <laughs> but there are no sick people at the Mayo Clinic that he could no, get no. some infectious disease from. Oh geez. Well the the good news is is that literally everyone else in this video that I'm looking at is wearing a mask except for leg pants. That
2: that way they won't catch whatever he has.
1: <laughs> That's right. Um so <laughs> Let's see. Uh, let's do... Yes, uh, the election. Yeah, we have it, to please? talk about the election. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Rachel Biddecoffer has a uh, has a brand new model out today. And it's mostly good news. And I, once again, I urge you not to get happy. And I, and I, Never. And, and once again, I provide the uh, qualifier that don't get happy is not invented by me. I have stolen it from someone else, just so you know, and applied it to politics. It was used in a context that it's unrelated to politics, but I have employed it for the sake of.
2: I have. I have politics. no idea what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> Buzz, Buzz knows. What are talking about? Okay, so according to uh, Rachel Bidockoff's model, uh, we've got some uh, some pretty solid news here. Uh, not only in terms of the presidency, in terms of the presidential election, but also in terms of the Senate and the House. As of right now, Rachel Bidockoff is projecting. That the Democrats will retain 235 House seats, okay. with uh, eight toss-ups, a full eight toss-up. Some of those mm-hmm. one there Get and is,
2: vote people.
1: South Jersey, there's one in Upstate New York. There's another toss-up district in Minnesota and Central Michigan. I see one in Illinois, uh, but it's looking Go pretty by good. Mail. Yeah, pretty good for the Democrats as far as retaining the House. In terms of the Senate, we're looking at a uh, at least at this point, according to Rachel. The Democrats will take over a narrow majority with 50 seats in the United States Senate, Senate, which would put, uh, hopefully, a Democratic vice president in the tiebreaker uh, position. Yeah, there you go. Got to have
2: both. Got to have both if you want to get something done. That's right. And I think, you know, I I don't know, man. The the, the Democrats have had their chance. There was a period during the Obama administration where they controlled the House, the Senate, and the White House, and just didn't get a hell of a lot done. And there there may be reasons for that, but... The bottom line is the same. They didn't get a hell of a lot done. I'm thinking, and in fact, I know Democrats are a lot more motivated this time, and yeah. will not, I hope, I know, uh, squander this opportunity uh, to to make the necessary changes to clean up government in much the same way we did after Watergate.
1: And in fact, there on the Senate side, there are two swing seats. That's, I mean, that's all good. I mean, so there. In fact, if uh, the Democrats have a really good election day. There could be 52 seats, a 52 seat majority for the Democrats in the United States Senate, which is especially important if uh, the horrible nightmare scenario occurs and Donald Trump is reelected. At least we've got control of of Congress, and, and yeah, we'll
2: we'll we'll yeah. take what we can get, but we yeah. really should get off our asses and vote by mail if necessary, if right. possible, right? Uh, and and because it, we we, it, we if we really want to get things done. Uh, we, we really need both. If we really want to do this right, it'll yeah, be yeah. great whatever we win. Uh, and uh, according to the latest USA Today, uh, Suffolk University poll, uh, Trump leads, uh, t- I'm sorry, Biden now leads Trump 44% to 38%. Uh, and uh, he leads him, that's in a three-way race, in a two-way race, if there's a third-party candidate, in a two-way race, uh, he leads uh, Trump by 10% uh, yeah.
1: 50% to 40. Yeah, I just so one thing to bear in mind, I hate to be the Debbie downer in this, but the RCP mm-hmm. average real real clear politics for uh, uh this date in 2016 for April uh-huh. 28th, 2016 yeah. was Clinton 49, Trump 40.5. So Clinton had right. a uh, 8.5% I, lead at this but point. But there
2: are differences this time. Differences, we don't have, yes. We, we don't have the Hillary versus uh, Bernie situation we had before. We don't have Hillary versus Joe Biden as we did in the primaries back then. In fact, Hillary today endorsed Joe Biden. I, you know who's next. Have you noticed how this is going up the scale? Who... Who do you think might be next to endorse Biden, Bob? <laughs> uh,
1: I think it's going to be, I, I think it'll be Hillary Clinton. Well, that was some weird shit. Yeah.
2: I think all the, all the heavy hitters now have endorsed uh, Joe Biden, and yes. that's the important
1: thing. Absolutely. Well, here's one more important thing. The presidential projection by Rachel Biddecofer, as of yeah, right yes, now, yes. Uh, she is forecasting 289 electoral votes for uh-huh. the Democratic ticket. Hundred eighty one uh-huh. electoral oh, votes man. for Donald Trump and Mike Pence. Oh man!
3: So that's great.
1: outstanding news. That means uh, she's got uh, uh, Joe Biden winning Arizona. She's got mm-hmm. Joe Biden winning that trifecta from twenty sixteen Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, she's got um, uh, Joe Biden winning Virginia, and uh, and then all the rest of the blue states, as you can imagine the the My swing, God. the swing states right now are yeah. Florida. These are all toss ups. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Florida, Georgia, North mm-hmm. Carolina, uh-huh. yeah. Iowa, and uh, the Omaha um, electoral votes in, in Nebraska. Yeah, so, that's
2: this is all a big deal because yeah. those are uh, very red territories, except for uh, Florida, which has been. Very purple for a long time. Right. Uh, And if you've ever been purple, you know just how painful that can be. (laughs) It
1: is excruciating. But uh, yeah, so 289 for Joe Biden, 181 for Donald Trump. And I'm going to do a quick calculation here because we've
2: got... While you're calculating, let me say, here's another difference between this and 2016, is we're looking at an electoral college race that is not as close as the one. So this time, it's not going to be down to 77,000 votes or whatever it was before uh, deciding this election in in Trump's favor. Uh, I I just think, and I think it goes back to what Bob and I have talked about uh, months and months ago, and that is Trump fatigue. I think... I think everybody's just like, okay, this is it. And can you imagine? I was just thinking, when I said, when I cried out, my God, a second ago, I was thinking, can you imagine how peaceful it will be? I know. Can you imagine how quiet and and just you know yeah. i mean just not having that in your face every day oh my god yeah. i can't even uh, you know let's all vote just for that
1: yeah you know it's like sitting in vomit or something horrendous like i was thinking about this as i was watching his press conference with, with we just, have our we have our title <laughs> sitting in vomit. vomit there we go thank you Uh, I was thinking that when I was watching him uh, with Ron DeSantis today in the Oval Office. I was like, you know what this is? Watching Donald Trump, it's like barfing. It's like no one, and we Uh, talk about barfing. No one likes to barf, and it's that horrible, horrible feeling, and it's not just the urge that you get when you watch Donald Trump. Literally, Uh. when Donald Trump is talking, It is like the sensation of barfing, whether you have to barf or not. But anyway, so we've got 68 toss-up electoral votes uh, between North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Iowa, partial Nebraska, partial Maine. Uh, If Joe Biden runs away with all 68 of those electoral votes on top of the 289 that are relatively secure for him, uh, according to Rachel Biddecoffer's model, that would put uh, Joe Biden at 357 electoral votes in the election that is more along the lines of what we need to see what we should be striving for in this election because once again it's not just about beating donald trump which will be fine in of itself sure but it's also about humiliating donald trump electorally to the point where People will hesitate to incorporate Trumpism into their campaigns. Right. kill the brand. Yeah, the kill copycats the will be hesitant. There's a
2: bumper. There's a bumper sticker for us. Kill, kill the, the brand.
1: brand. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to pursue that as the ultimate goal in this, which means mobilizing everyone, which means quashing this insane. Um, uh I don't know what to call it because I I don't want to undermine what Tara Reid is saying, but at the same time I think its importance is being overblown when you to when you provide the alternative when you to, look at the other guy yeah, yeah.
2: well it isn't it isn't just that and that shouldn't be a reason for excusing bad behavior uh two words about tara reed russia connection there you go there that, you go that, that's that's and we can talk about that some more mm-hmm. because we just give and give
1: yeah we're going to be talking about Tara Reid and the allegations against Joe Biden coming up here on the post Show. That is on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Either one of those URLs will take you right to our Patreon page. Sign up for $5 a month and you'll get our post wardem Show, which is where we just keep on talking at the end of this music and we stick that up on the Patreon page every Tuesday and Thursday. And that is the post Show. Meanwhile, make sure to support and listen to Buzz Burbank News and comment every Thursday. It's the best Hour of news you're gonna get all week. It is buzzburbank.com, also realmnetwork.com. That's r-e-l-m network.com and everywhere Thank you get your podcasts, of course. Uh oh, so you know what I also wanted to mention what? too $15 level on our Patreon page. Uh it's something that I rarely talk about. But if you want the ultimate edition of this show, that is the free show without commercials. We take out all the commercials, and then we uh, tack on the post-mortem show at the end. It is like one big seamless show that you can right. listen to at your leisure, and that is called the ultimate edition on our Patreon page. $15 a month gets you that, plus the, uh, the after-party show on Fridays and the postmortem show. It's everything. Every You get everything that we offer for the $15 a month. So thank you uh, to everyone who s- signed up, especially recently. really, really appreciate it. It's really touching the generosity. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't thank you enough. And,
2: and if you have some change left over, uh, buy extra stamps from the Postal Service and write your senator and representative, even if he's an asshole, yeah. uh, to tell him to keep the Postal Service funded and give it the emergency funding it needs during this crisis.
1: Oh, God, that's a whole other so, issue. So, yeah.
2: so we can vote by mail.
1: That's it, and oh, also I was on the Batman on Film podcast recently. Yes, yes, you should listen to that too you if you're nerd. a nerd like me. Yes, gigantic nerdgasm on the on the show. <laughs> I just kept talking and talking and talking. Okay, I postmortem. The postmortem show coming up next, folks. <laughs> See you over there. Bye bye.
2: Stay safe.